0: hello and welcome to episode 17 of coffee and jesus pretty crazy 17 weeks of coffee and 17 weeks of jesus just talking about who god is and how amazing um, he is and what the relationship is with jesus and how really clear and simple and so impactful it is and just there's so much more with building a relationship with jesus and for today i have the pleasure of being with Gary Bittner so he's a pastor and elder at our church here at the River Center and I'm super excited to get feedback from him and even hear his story about how he sees God and what God's really pushing him towards and yeah how's it going
1: Gary good Joe how are you good yeah very good thanks for asking me uh, to come over Yeah, and thanks for the coffee. You brought me coffee this morning. It's coffee and Jesus. I needed that. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, coffee and Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you got to have the coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how are you finding post-graduation life? Oh, man, it's
0: it's weird because, like, I'm kind of, like, my social circle is, like, extremely different. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to have, like, all these friends, like, I can bounce around in Newburgh near my college and, like... At a coffee shop with these guys, or be a class with these guys, where now it's like I'm at home, I'm with my phone, and I'm with like my computer. And I I have a coffee shop now, but it's like I don't have the same people, right? I'm just like it's different. So it's coffee
1: and Jesus, yeah, it truly is. (laughs) And Josiah,
0: so but I'm really, really hopeful for the future, yeah. I've been praying about it, and I think I'll be able to grow. In this time and yeah. I really feel like right now I'm just in this training period which has been really interesting and kind of hard sometimes mm-hmm. but I think this is really really good for me
1: well when you've been you know in high school you had all your activities and running track and training mm-hmm. you know 365 yeah then you go to school and you're training and you have school and then you're trying to get everything done to finish up and now it's the quiet time yeah yeah it's be weird. still and know that I am God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. You'll do great. I'm convinced of that. I'll be good. You know, what? for those that don't know, um, my daughter and her husband and their family are missionaries in Ukraine, helping get young men and boys with special needs out of this terrible institution. They adopted um, our, gra- our ninth grandchild, Vladik, They adopted him from yeah. the orphanage, and we're teaching him about God. And he's really, he's ready. I think he's going to get baptized next time we do it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, uh, one of our sayings in our house is that that Jesus is a good boy. Wow. (laughs) And Vlad's changed. He goes, that Jesus is a good man. Wow. So he'll take care of you, Joe. That Jesus is a good man. (laughs) Yeah, he is a good man. Yep.
0: Well, how about you start by sharing kind of how you got to know Jesus as that good man.
1: All right. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, but it was kind of like in the 50s, 60s, mid-70s, a Christian home because we weren't Buddhist or Jewish or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So it was just like Christian because most of the country would identify themselves as Christian at that point. Um, but, you know, I went to church every Sunday, and I did the whole Sunday school thing growing up. And uh, so did my wife. We both did. And, yeah, so I've always had some knowledge of God. When I was 12 years old, I went to an Assembly of God, our church that we would go to on the weekends when we'd come down to visit my grandparents mm-hmm. um, from the little town I grew up in. We'd drive a couple hours out just south of Corvallis, little town called Alpine, Oregon. There's a crossroads there, and there was an Assembly of God church there, and that's where both of my sets of grandparents went, and so I attended a children's crusade, and this guy named Brother White was preaching, and he was preaching... You know, you need to get saved, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you really need to know God, because you're bad. Yeah, (laughs) And I agreed with him, yeah, I was was bad. So at 12, I got saved, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit same night, at this meeting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah, so that was my first introduction to the transforming power of the gospel. But it was a one-night shot. Yeah. You know, uh, having been born again that night and having received a prayer language that night i didn't i didn't use that prayer language again until i was in my 20s because i never knew that you could go on because the church that we were that we would visit this church they basically preached one thing well two things one you're bad yeah (laughs) and two if you don't get yourself good you're gonna go to hell so i would say that that was kind of the until Vaughn and I got married in 1975. Got 48 years coming up. Wow. Uh that was had been my exposure pretty much to the gospel. Hmm. Was that the good news to me? It it was the only good thing about it was I wasn't going to hell. Yeah. There was nothing else involved in that. Then Vaughn and I after we were married for a year, we looked for a church. Um we found a church which is part of um has the same history as the River Center here. And that was over in Corvallis. Uh, and so we started going there. And we were there from 1976, the fall, until the summer of 1995. Yeah. When we were sent out to plant a church up in Salem. I don't remember. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I do <laughs> not recall any messages about the unconditional love of God, mm. the magnificent grace of God the Uh goodness of god i don't recall hearing a message like that what we heard was you can live a successful christian life if you do thus and so yeah so every week it was a teaching on how to be what you needed to do to be a christian yeah and basically we got i got really tired i got worn out because i was working full-time and I was on the eldership team, and we'd have these meetings, you know, four or five nights a week, and it was like there's, I, I don't understand how this can be the life that. She, yeah, that. right. Anyway, so we were there for, you know, from '76 until uh, 1995. But in 1991, the founding pastor of that church, um, he had to be removed, mm-hmm. and for me personally, I'm not saying all the other elders there at the time. I know they didn't, as a, in, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But for me personally, I had to deconstruct. What is the gospel? Yeah. and who is Jesus, and what's he asking of me? And the scriptures there there are there are is um, three passages of scripture that I never heard. Um, any, I, I just never heard these, and yeah. I got a book called, by a man named Bob George, and the book was called um, Classic Christianity. And it's, you know, I know there's several books out there by that name, but this guy was Bob George. And basically what it was, it was the same, very similar book to Terry Virgo's The Lavish Grace of God, mm, God's Lavish mm. Grace. And uh, man, it just rocked my world. And I got that, you know, this is a guy that I, he used to have a radio talk show in Eugene on radio 1050. I don't know if it's still a Christian station or not. Yeah. But I had listened to him sometimes and I would get so mad at him yeah, because he was preaching the grace of God and people would call mm. in with questions and... You know, he never, I don't recall him ever saying, I mean, obviously he said, you know, you need to be in the word and da, 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 mm-hmm. but mostly he focused on the goodness of God and the transforming power of the grace of God. I actually called him up one night and I said, you know, you're just leading people astray because, yeah. you know, what about da, 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 and what about in Colossians where it says, you know, if you stay, if, 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 yeah. all these things on me that I have to do to make sure that, I, and he just, <laughs> he actually <laughs> laughed out loud. Yeah. he goes wow Gary you're just uh, you're the typical person that has a hard time with this Wow. so we communicate a little bit after that just kind of one-on-one mm-hmm. and reading that book I begin to fall in love with Jesus in a new way I actually found out what was good yeah Wow. about the good news and the three um, you know the three passages of Scripture one the first one in John chapter 1, where it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. But it says Jesus came full of grace and truth. Mm. The church that we had been, that Bonnie and I had been raised up in for, from 76 to 91, we just focused on truth. Mm. And we had the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had the corner on the truth. Mm. But it says here it, it's proceeded full of grace and truth. So whenever as as a pastor, whenever I'm dealing with folks, we always try to keep that in mind is that, you know, it's well, like in evangelism, we would teach somebody people really don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Mm. So people, they have a hard time embracing the truth. Yeah. If it's not given in an attitude of grace, Mm. So grace and truth. So that was the first one. And then it says he came full of and then it says later on in verse 16 and out of his fullness have we all received?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Colossians 1 says the same thing. Colossians 2, it says, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are made complete in him. Wow, yeah. Not in my stuff, not in my works. Um, then what happened with me in 91, the scripture that kind of describes it for me is, is 1 Peter 1.13. Now I realize it's talking about Jesus coming at the end time but really it's any time that you would get a revelation of him. Mm-hmm. It says, therefore, have your minds ready, be sober, be ready for action. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ is revealed. Mm. I had no revelation of the real Jesus full of grace and truth. Yeah, I had my revelation of Jesus was that he's the God of the wooden spoon. Yeah. And if I mess up, he's going to mm-hmm. send me straight to hell. I need to get saved every week. Mm. I mean it was the good news was not good. Yeah. And I began to get this. And then in Romans 5:17 it says if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man how much more and everybody said how much more <laughs> will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the free gift of righteousness
0: mm.
1: reign in life yeah. through Jesus Christ and that wow. The grace and the free gift of righteousness, and then reign in life. That word "reign" it has to do with it's a bas it's, it's a basilia, yeah. basilica. It has to do with foundation. That's got to be the foundation of our life. Yeah. So, since '91, I've been on this journey of finding out really how good the good news is and how good God yeah. is. And I would say that by by calling, I have to, I have two things I say. I, my first, one of my callings is to get Christians to lighten up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, serving God is yeah. when you're in love with Jesus. I mean, I, it's difficulties, you know, and that sort of thing. But if God is good, and He's for us, mm-hmm. then this life is not one of drudgery and being yeah. kicked around by the enemy, you know, until we go to heaven or whatever. So get Christians to lighten up. And the second thing I would say is that one of my one of my passions is to see the people of God, or anybody, but specifically Christians, come to understand the goodness, the grace, the mercy the kindness of God so that they can go out into that world, into the world with that knowledge in their heart, on their mind, coming out of their mouths. It's Mm -hmm. written on their faces, and that's how we're going to see people come to Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so so good. Yeah. So that's kind of... No, I love that. I think even like now, just like thinking about... Like your testimony, I think that's so, so important, even for like our church today. And just like reflecting on where the river center used to be at yeah. Lebanon and Similar, Chapel. very similar. Yeah, it was just like we ha- used to be like that, legalistic yeah. and super materialistic. Yeah. And I'd, even now, I think there's no coincidence that that switch over from being legalistic and it's almost just like we were so worshiping the law right. at that point. Yeah. And it, the switch over to grace and with you joining our church even feels like right when that happened. Yeah. There's no coincidence. Of yeah. That it happening. was the, it was the right time
1: for yeah. us to come here. Yep. I remember. Um, when Bonnie and I one night we were attending another church and helping on their leadership team, you know, and they're great people. Yeah. They just weren't our people it's like mm, we yeah. didn't have any history the church had been there for 30 years by the time we started attending this other place yeah and it was like it's like going to somebody else's family reunion every, yeah. every week you know <laughs> and they'd be, be in a leadership meeting and they'd be talking about people and stuff i had no idea of any of this history so in some ways it helped me speak into some things with them having not had you know all that history yeah Um. But on the other hand, it was kind of lonely. You know, we planted our church in Salem, and it was doing... We were there for 11 years. Things yeah. were awesome for nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, remodeled a theater downtown, people getting saved, yeah. sending people on missions trips, getting ready to send out teams to plant churches, getting involved with New Frontiers. Um, yeah. And then rather rapidly, things kind of collapsed there. So that was, that was devastating for us. And so, yeah. um, you know, we... we Went back to Corvallis for a while. We get, said, we'll come for two years to help you, and you can help us kind of recover. Yeah. Then we read another church, Fellowship of Church. It was in the same stream at the time for two years. And then I came home from a meeting one night over there, and I said, hey, Vaughn, come here. But I think I'm kind of feeling like maybe we should go to Lebanon. Mm. I want to finish because, you know, I was in my, you know, late 50s then. I said, oh, "I want to finish serving God with my friends." Mm. Yeah, and she said, "I've been thinking the exact same thing." <laughs> so we just sat on that for a while. Yeah, and then um, knowing that, you know, the, the River Center had been kind of sort of working on absorbing the Church in Corvallis to work together, and um, you know, your dad was still pretty new and his role here as the head pastor and yeah. taking over after um you know another leadership team your grandfather you know for a long time mm-hmm. there's a lot of transition happening
0: yeah
1: so before we decided to come i really wanted to make sure that pastor warren was good with the timing yeah because i didn't want to come in and try to i mean i know myself i you know i I have opinions, and, and I, th- I think <laughs> yeah. 100% of them are of God. But <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. But I didn't want to do something to come in and, you know, in a way, just sort of um, confuse people, confuse things. Yeah. Um, so we prayed for a while, and then I talked to Warren and I went out for lunch, and I said, we're kind of, we would like to do this. Is the timing good for you? And he said, never better. Wow. Because yeah. I'd already talked, I talked to Pastor Keith, I would talked to Ted Hoyt, I would talked mm-hmm. to different people, you know, those two yeah. specifically about coming, but then I wanted to talk to Warren after we had pondered it for a while, just to make sure he was good with the timing. So yeah, so you're right, I think it was a good, yeah, good timing. Oh yeah, that's
0: so awesome. So you talked about um, church planning in mm-hmm. Salem, um, do you want to share kind of like that initial like startup and that calling to be sure. church planning and...
1: Well, it started when I was born. Yeah, <laughs> right out <laughs> I, of the womb. My well, my, yeah, my granny wow. Opal, she was an old time Pentecostal lady. Uh-huh. She used to preach. Yeah. And when I went to see her, and she was on her deathbed, we were we were going to plant the church. I'll go back to your question in a second. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: okay. But she wasn't going to get to see it, and I knew that. And yeah. I said, you know, she was on her, she was had her eyes closed and. Mm. I think she died later that night, um, or the next day, but she had her eyes closed, and I was talking to her about my dreams and vision for the church, and, the, and she goes, she put up her little bony Pentecostal hand and said, son, he's real. Yeah. I said, I know, Granny. I said, is there anything else you want to tell me? She said, you just preach the word. Well. Uh-huh. That was the last thing she said to me. But the first thing she said about me was that when I was born, she told my mom, she looked at me and said, He'll preach. <laughs> so yeah, so from the yeah. from the womb kinda. That's of, true. And I was but I you know, I I did not want to be a pastor because what I had seen in pastors I did not like mm. growing up. Um, you know, the whole platform driven thing and you gotta be yeah. on the front row or on the plat- blah, 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 on the platform and it's like ugh. Yeah. So I said oh, I can I can do this evangelistic thing and reach people by being a high school social studies teacher and basketball coach. Nice. And that's the that's the road I was on. Yeah. And so one morning she was working nights at Oregon State University. She supervised janitorial crews. And I was going to school at Western Oregon. It's called OCE at the time at Western Oregon. Yeah. And I was going to school there, but mostly I was playing basketball. I mean, I Yeah. I basically <laughs> flunked out my first year. <laughs> they finally basically, they didn't say this, but their point was, you might want to go somewhere else and play basketball because yeah. is, that's not what we're about Dang. here. Anyway, so I came home one night, and she was still, or one morning, she came home, and I got up, and I was getting ready to get my stuff together and stuff, and she goes, son, what do you think you're doing? I said, what do you mean? She goes, with your life, what do you think you're doing? I said, well granny, I know that you think I can have this calling and that I should but I'm gonna do it this way. And she just looked at me and she said, Oh, why don't you just get off it <laughs> <laughs> You know what you're called to do and so mm-hmm. So then you know a year later Vine and I got married or two years later Vine and I got married and then we went to the church in Corvallis, which had which preached. Yeah. I mean it was a church plant mm-hmm. from the big church in Anchorage.
0: Yeah.
1: And they preach church planting, so that was kind of birthed in my heart. Like, oh, that's how churches start. You know, nobody really thinks about how do churches start. Yeah, somebody starts them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but it was not happening, and it wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening. And so, pretty soon, when you preach so long on vision but never do it, mm-hmm. people, it, you can't rekindle that. Right. So what took to rekindle was the founding pastor being removed, mm. me falling in love with Jesus in a fresh way. And then realizing okay i need to proclaim this yeah wow. so we begin to talk about it in probably 93 started there was a team of people uh, are we you want me no yeah, you're good okay uh in corvallis that said yeah we'll go with you so in 95 we went and planted the church there with my wife and then we had three other uh well one two three four four other couples so five couples um Four of us had kids, one couple didn't, and um, yeah, so we went up to Salem and started meeting in homes, and and then uh, bought a small building on Pine Street, and because of our mission statement at the time, which was, I mean, I remember plain as day, we were living in our place in Kaiser, I needed something to put out to the people, to the team, because I didn't, hadn't developed a real statement yet. Yeah and i went back in the bedroom and i was just working it was a hot summer day the house didn't have air conditioning and i and i wrote this out and i thought yeah that's it so i called them and i said we're going next time we have our get together i want to share this and so it was uh, to expand the kingdom of god by proclaiming to young old rich poor red yellow black brown white mm-hmm. That Jesus is alive and has something for them today. Mm -hmm. Thereby seeing the unsaved saved, the saved sanctified, and the sanctified sent. And so that was how our church was. I mean, it was basically based on two things. um, Come just as you are, but don't expect to stay that way. Yeah. (laughs) And Jesus loves you just as you are, but too much to let you sit in that yeah (laughs) yeah and so we really had quite the ministry to uh a a lot of drug folks came Mm. especially when we ended up downtown at the corner of court and height street if you're familiar with salem we were right across court street from the benton county i mean the uh, marion county courthouse Uh before we went the lord spoke to me that your um, your church is going to be in this quadrant between um downtown north uh to like you know, the parkway, mm-hmm. but west of Lancaster. Mm. But you're going to be down close to downtown somewhere. Yeah. And that, my office at that point, when we remodeled the old Grand Theater, looked down on the busiest pedestrian intersection in the city.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And so we had a lot of folks come and people getting saved, people getting saved in the middle of the worship services. I just would stop it and say, that thing that you're feeling right now, that's God. Yeah. Do you want to respond to him? I do. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. some of those people are still our really good friends. So. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. So it was. I mean, I had been taught about church planting, you know, and I knew that it was in my heart, and so finally, over time, it resonated, coalesced, and then the only the only thing I would I, I wish that we had been in a situation where we had actual apostolic covering and input, because once the leadership team kind of got wonky. Mm-hmm. We were trying to fix the problem ourselves. Yeah. And by the time we, because we weren't operating that you had people that you could call. I mean, I had Keith, obviously, yeah. and Ted, but we weren't operating in a way that they should come in and help us, you know, even yeah. set in elders Yeah. that invite, invited Keith to the service. Hey, we're going to ordain these two elders. You want to come? But yeah. it ne- he, he didn't have any input on it. I just right. thought, well, these are the good guys. Well, those are the two guys that caused us the most problems. Yeah, wow. And if we'd have had some outside input, I think the church would still be going. Yeah. Because you know, the things that I needed to adjust would have been adjusted. But mainly, we would have had support in setting in the leadership mm-hmm. and dealing with the issues as they came up. Yeah. I was trying to do it by myself, and and it was too late. So. Yeah. Anyway. So I would say to anybody listening to this, if you're thinking about planning a church, Joe, Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you have these relationships with people that you're going to put in leadership. Um, Because, see, the old model, Mm -hmm. when we talk about the church that we were raised up in in Corvallis, was that the jobs and the tasks are the most important thing.
0: Mm.
1: Well, yeah, but what if I don't get along with the person that I'm supposed to do this job with? doesn't matter. The Mm -hmm. job and the task is the most important thing. What that does is that it creates a building mm-hmm. that's rigid and can't move when the yeah. earth shakes, you know, that sort of yeah. thing, it's going to break. Yeah. So if you have relationships first, and it's like, hey, here's a task, you know what? I know this person, and they know that person, and we all really want to just, can I say this, kick the devil's butt together oh, yeah. mm-hmm. as friends? Yeah. And together, It's built up into a holy habitation of the spirit and it can withstand that shaking. But if it's just task, job, role, fill those spots, plug the hole in the dike, you know. And that's, that would be a big difference. Relational building first and not Hmm. job first. Because I was still coming out of this. I was still learning about the grace of God. If I would had a little more time. Yeah. You know, but the relationship aspect is, it's got to be. It's such a key. Yeah. That's so good. And the kinds of relationships, what I found out is that the people that, most of the people that we felt like we had relationships with them where they would love us not just up to difficulties, but through difficulties and come out mm. the other side. You got to have people like that, that love you up to yeah. difficulties in the week. But then through it, they don't quit. They don't stop. They don't turn their back. They don't. Yeah. That's really good.
0: That reminds me of like structural engineering where back when they first started making like um, skyscrapers and those mm-hmm. really tall buildings, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't, they it would be structurally sound, but they would never like, until think some about, shaking like, the came. Wind, <laughs> right. Like the wind pressure. Mm-hmm. And so when it built up, it just ruined everything. Yeah. But yeah, I think that relational based, like building of church planning and building teams, I think that's yeah. so. So where we're at now, even with where our church is going with relationships and going yeah. towards church planning, I think that's so important yeah. to think about. So you know, because
1: the church is, it's, I mean, we know that it's a body and it's the bride and it's a family mm-hmm. and da 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 I look at it a little more simply, perhaps the church is a, is, is a building and it's a body. Mm. The building, the outside framework yeah. is our DNA, our values, our, the things that don't change. Right. But inside the body that's where things change. It's always changing, you yeah. know. And as long as the outside is right, the inside can move. Yeah. But it's not like free form. And so I've used the term and the guys they kind of like the term, I think. <laughs> you got to have girders in the jello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. You
1: can't just have jello in there. You yeah. got to have some sort of form, yeah. but only enough structure to maintain the life. Yeah. Structure does does not exist for structure's sake. Right. Engineering. Mm. Form, fit, function. Mm. Mm-hmm. Form is not the most important. Fit's not the most important. Function is the most important. Yeah. So all, you just want enough that things can function, but not so much to strangle it right and that's that's a hard that's a hard yeah hard um what would you say calculation sometimes
0: yeah Yeah, sometimes it is well thanks gary i think we're pretty close um we probably have like a couple minutes left um just right before we close um what do you shortly just feel like god's pushing you towards here at the river center what is he calling you towards in this church
1: uh well I'm in a little bit of a transition, just in my personal oh, life. No, no. But, you know, just like at the end of January, 1st of February, uh-huh. I found out, okay, you're retired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. still trying to work through, okay, what is that what, what does that look like a little bit? Because when you've worked for, you know, 50 years.
0: Yeah. That's a little
1: different. It's a little different, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just taking some time right now and just pondering. I want to be able to... Uh, be here, be somewhere, go around, maybe help other churches, but help the yeah. River Center and continue to to speak into what was happening in Mexico. When we were down yeah. there, I said, I feel like one of the things that God wants to, me to do is to help with these relationships with Mexico and Lebanon and yeah. Canada and Lebanon and the team in England and Lebanon, you know, and that sort of thing. And just yeah. sort of be a, however I can help, however I can help yeah. facilitate, you know maybe speak into some of those things. And yeah. Right now, for the next year, we've had Vlad with us, our grandson, mm-hmm. for almost a year. We have another year, probably, so that takes up okay. quite a bit of yeah. focus and energy. But, uh, right. you know, so, yeah. Um, for me, I think being in Mexico mm-hmm. um, this last February with the team from here it was really good. It kind of rekindled some stuff in me that had been laying yeah. dormant. And then when Jeremy and Roger and Anne were here, I received some ministry from them that had to do with, you know, the church in Salem and what happened there. I feel like God really broke off some stuff from me, so I kind of feel like I have sort of a newfound freedom. Um, so. Yeah. To give. Yeah. To give to the to our church and to the church.
0: Yeah, well, that's gonna be a fun time. It'll be a fun I'm excited time. for you. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. like if you when you go if you want to go plant a church, if you do that someday and you know, they're mm-hmm. like, Hey Gary, can you come down and spend a couple of months with us and just be here? Say, yeah. Yeah, let's go, Vaughn. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Oh that'll be You great. know, things like that. Yeah. So That's
0: great. Wow. Yeah. Well thanks, Gary. Appreciate your time and even appreciate you here at our church, this River Center is just there's an obvious reflection of who God is in your life and that grace truly changed you and yeah. even your presence here at the church is just there is just a full sense of there's so much boldness and courage in you and it like resounds from you onto others mm. if that's the right word <laughs> but mm. i really appreciate all that you've done for this church and there's so much more to come yeah so
1: thanks for your
0: time i love you love you too man <laughs> all right thank you all for listening and god bless